Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Chase, white circle, shoots and scores! A shorthanded goal for Jonathan Tate. Kubelik in front, he shoots and scores! Dominic Kubelik on a belief line, right circle, shoots and scores! He set it up for Carpenter to slice and he scores! Patrick Kane has a thousand NHL points! It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Presented by FanList. Is this the game that gets Alex to bring it back on track? Here's Kane, top left circle, Sydney scores! In front of the net, I believe to bring it, tapped it, and the Hawks have finally solved Pecorino in this hockey game. Chris Bowden and Joe Brand break down the latest storylines surrounding your favorite Chicago hockey team. The power play goal, he's standing in front of the net, put the breakaway in overtime. That's one where you're going, wow. Picked off by Keith to the break and a breakaway in overtime for the win on the Predator line. Shoot and scores! The cap! It's an overtime game winning goal! That's hockey, baby! Here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand. Hi, everyone. Well, it's great to be back so quickly since our last Blackhawks Crazy podcast presented by FanList. I'm Chris Bowden, your pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio for Blackhawks Games, joined by Blackhawks reporter, Saturday morning host, Sports Central guy, voice of the Kane County Cougars? Not this season. As of right now, still, yeah. Yes, but uh, uh, baseball, what are you doing? But we have more hockey to talk about, and the great news for all you Blackhawks Crazy Podcast listeners is you're not just going to hear from Joe and I like it's been since... On almost every podcast, and so who knows uh, how long, because we actually heard from Blackhawks Brass. We heard from three players on Thursday, uh, making them available. Uh, the team did after uh, finally getting back into Fifth Third Arena as Phase 2 began earlier this week with four members of the Blackhawks uh, walking in. And before we dive deep into this and, and hear from Jeremy Carlton and Stan Bowman and Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinkit, Connor Murphy, let's first give props to our sponsors who are still hanging in there with what they do despite what's going on in the world. Uh, FanList, our presenting sponsor here on the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. So let's see if I remember how to do this. Blackhawks Crazy Podcast is sponsored by FanList. FanList is the best platform for season ticket holders to sell their tickets. Are you a Blackhawks season ticket holder who sells multiple games get over to fanlist.com slash blackhawks crazy who sells rather spelled f-a-n-l-y-s-t dot com fanlist partners with multiple ticket marketplaces and list tickets for sales across all marketplaces all at once sites like stubhub vivid seat seat geek game time and many more they do all the work multiple marketplaces will increase your ticket exposure causing tickets to sell faster and for higher prices plus FanList is free to use. Registration and listing tickets are free. When tickets sell, FanList charges the industry standard 15% of the final sale price. It's the same rate that all those major marketplaces charge. There are no hidden costs or added fees to use FanList. It's the best way for you as a season ticket holder to sell your tickets. Go to FanList.com slash BlackhawksCrazy to receive a $20 bonus on your first sale. That's F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com slash Blackhawks Crazy. Thanks to FanList, our presenting sponsor. Hang in there, guys. Sports will come back, and fans will be back at some point, but we do know for the time being, once uh, hockey does resume, it'll be in an empty arena. And that's among the subjects that uh, the guys covered uh, during their webinars uh, on Thursday afternoon, if you will. We will hear discussion and finally some reaction to the Blackhawks and uh, John McDonough parting ways. That for the first time since that happened uh, a little bit earlier on during this pause. Some injury updates as well. Some uh, players excited. Some uh, And the topic as well about whether some players across the league could potentially be reluctant to join in with all the unknowns uh, with this virus as the NHL tries to take care of uh, business as much as possible. We'll also hear guys react to this matchup versus uh, the Edmonton Oilers if we get there and the prospect of uh, how good a shape they have managed to stay in. And if we stumble along during this podcast, just understand, uh, full disclosure, uh, Joe has a lot of hair on his head. I have a lot of hair. So it's still quarantine hair. Uh, I think I'm finally due to uh, finally see somebody next week. 
to take some of this off. Ooh. So uh, you, are, are you just going to keep going rogue here, Joe? I am. I'm going to stick it out. Uh, I don't have any TV gigs anywhere in the near future, so well, do I, 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 I might as well just try it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got... I got uh, Flow. What, what are they called? No, well, thank you very much. But I got uh, thinned out. Uh, the other the other week, oh, where I, okay. it, so it wasn't really trimmed, but you know, just thinned out. I know it's a good problem to have, but a lot of thick hair. It just kind of yeah. really blows up in this humidity. So I, I try to tame it as much as yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm often frightened as I uh, when I go for walks here as a form of exercise, and the sun is out, and I see the shadow of my head and what it looks <laughs> like on the sidewalk. I'm I'm fairly frightened by it, but uh, we're going to go see an appointed weed whacker, uh, I believe, sometime next week, and we'll have to decide how much of this to keep and how much of it to uh, go on the. Uh, on the stylist's floor. Joe also, by the way, wardrobe-wise, wearing his Stan Makita Donuts t-shirt. Very nice. Very nice touch this there. This is, yeah, this is one of my favorites. I wore it, uh, last time I wore it, I think, was uh, the Blackhawks red and white scrimmage. And I got a compliment from Sir Stan Bowman that, that day, too, really? for it, yeah. <laughs> well, we will hear from Stan uh, again during the course of this podcast. But one of the things that really struck me uh, during the course of, of hearing from uh, the general manager and the coach for a combined hour and three players for a combined hour. The one thing that really surprised me, and we'll let you guys hear this because you're probably sick of hearing from us. All right. You talk about hearing from other people. Let's, let's get on with it already. Patrick Kane. And uh, we talked about this on the last podcast, Joe, as soon as fifth third arena opened up, I said, Patrick Kane would be knocking down that door. And sure enough, he was one of those four players on Wednesday to report, along with Debrinkit, Nylander, and Malcolm Subban, uh, at least uh, those documented that made their way inside Fifth Third Arena. But as you listen to him here on Thursday, uh, when he was asked about his level of excitement being coming from Thursday morning's announcement that training camps are scheduled to begin on July 10th, uh, I thought Patrick Kane might be doing cartwheels, but it was a uh, much more reserved version of 88 before he gradually got around to talking about the excitement of resuming this season and almost being in a playoff-like atmosphere a little bit later in the soundbite. There, there's more than just you know being cautious and safe. There's a lot of different things, I think, with the negotiations we probably don't need to dive into, but I just know that the players want a fair deal. You know, that's the biggest thing. I mean, there's... Uh, a bunch of different things, like whether it's, you know, uh, playing at the time we're playing, kind of when next year is going to start, what our off seasons will look like down the road, um, a bunch of other things. But I just think it's kind of, uh, you know, obviously the NHL is putting out these dates and whatnot. And I think as players, we're kind of taking a step back saying, you know, why are these, these dates being put out when we haven't really agreed to anything yet? So we just want to be cautious as players, put that message out that, um, you know, um, we want a fair shake at it, and if if that happens, great, and we come back and, and, and are able to play, I think everyone's all for that. Like, you guys know me. Like, I love hockey. I love playing the game. I want to play hockey, but, you know, you want it to be uh, you want it to be fair for the players, too, and everyone involved. And there's, like I said, it's, it's uncharted, uncharted territory with a situation like this. Guys coming from Canada, Europe. Um, what if someone gets sick? Um, different things like that. So, um just want to keep our eye on the ball here and uh um like i said make sure we kind of get a fair deal and then we would we'd be ecstatic to come back and play hockey and help grow the game and gain more fans especially at a time like this i mean this is this is a great time to grow the game and, and gain some hockey fans you know people are starving for sports so um we would love to be able to give that to them but like i said we want it we want it to be fair hey patrick i just wanted to get your thoughts i know you're maybe not rushed to it but if you guys do get back to a play-in situation and you're playing a best-of-five game series against the Oilers, as someone who watches hockey and appreciates the game as much as you do, is there a better knockout round series than that, maybe for a fan to watch with McDavid, Dreisaitl, yourself, Taves? I mean, just the offensive firepower on both of these teams? It would be an amazing series. And, you know, I don't want to get the message across that, uh, you know, we're not excited about playing. I think all of us on the Blackhawks were excited that we were – one of the last teams in and uh, um, that we would have the chance to be able to play uh, for a playoff spot and hopefully go on a run to, to try and win a Stanley cup. I mean, all of us are excited about that. And, you know, from a fan's perspective, for sure, that would be an amazing round to watch. I think it would be exciting hockey, especially coming off uh, like a little bit of a layoff, you know, teams probably don't have their, 
systems and defensive structure completely dialed in, even though you would have some time in training camp to try and do that. You can never really simulate a, a true game situation. So I think, you know, you always see that in the beginning of the season where there's a lot of scoring to start the season. And it might be, you know, a similar situation where you come back and it could be a high scoring series and um, a lot of offense. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it would be, uh, it would be amazing to, to get a fair shake at it and be able to come back and uh, uh, play for another chance to get into the playoffs and playing around like that against some amazing players and, uh, you know, hockey that could be highly entertaining. So um, that would be awesome to play in that. Well, that sounds a little bit more at the end, like Patrick Kane, the Patrick Kane that we all all know and love. And but at the beginning of that, as this as this call was going on, I, I had to like stick my finger. Is, is this right? Is this Debbie Downer, Patrick Kane? But in all fairness, he is right. There is still much work that needs to be done. There is still, unfortunately, a lot unknown. There could, unfortunately, as I turn Debbie Downer here, be be more bad news uh, concerning COVID cases here with, with what the world's been going through over the course of the last couple of weeks. So uh, he almost sounded like a player representative in the midst of, of uh, negotiations between players and management right there, kind of tamping the brakes. But uh, that's a fair side to take, and I think it is a little dose of medicine that we all need to consider, even though we're so excited to hear these guys talk, the news of them reporting back to practice and the prospect of a training camp opening less than a month from now. Even though Patrick Kane has been one of the most elite hockey players over the past you know, couple of years now, uh, this really shows what type of veteran he has become, and I think a lot of people still kind of forget that. They still see him as this young guy emerging through the league, and that's not the case no more. Um The fact is, he was the third person to talk out of the the string of representatives, with starting with Sam Bowman, Jeremy Colleton, and then Patrick Kane. So I think that's what kind of came as confusing. You know, where is this coming from? Like you said, in all fairness, there is a lot of things to get to. I think mainly, I, I wonder if he and some of the other player representatives were just thinking the NHL were was just a little bit too quick with the date. Um, like they're okay with getting this set if it's set, but I wonder if this is something where the NHL didn't notify the players, hey, we're going to go public with this, and then they did. Um, And again, I don't think this is the players disagreeing with that idea, but just the fact that, hey, let's make sure we're all on the same page before we go about all this so we know what to talk about and things like that. Um, because there is still a lot of things to to figure out. And, you know, the whole time he was talking, I was like, well, what is he getting at? And, yeah, I mean, when, okay, so if we've got a date for when training camp starts, then, okay, how much closer are we to actually playing? Then how much closer are we to figuring out what next year's season start date is going to be like? Like he said, what is our off season going to be like? So there are still a lot of things, and that's the thing is the NHL has been so good about this so far because they were the first sport to actually go about a plan. Um, I think he is just trying to pump the brakes a little bit to maybe not notify the league, but just keep it in the interest of both the league and the players so that everyone's in the same communication. There are more than just uh, I's to dot and T's to cross uh, in, in making their way through this and a lot of work to be done if we do knock on wood, get to the point where July 10th, it's all systems go because there are players that have to travel. There are quarantine questions. There are you know public safety questions here if the numbers do start going up. And we, unfortunately, those states that have opened up quickly now are seeing some of the effects of that if you're paying attention to the news, too. And, and right? I think that's what Patrick Kane is alluding to, too. And, you know, uh, hub cities, uh, players, uh, you know, away from their families, how testing is going to go, even though, you know, in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about how, how Gary Bettman and Bill Daly have the, you know, their, their eye on twenty five to 30,000 tests every day for every player, every employee uh, who, who will be a part of this from the start of the qualifying rounds to the very end of the awarding of the Stanley Cup. Uh, they have some of those numbers there, but it's just the process and a lot of questions that that need to be answered. And Alex Dabrinkit, during the course of, of the webinar, was asked whether he has any concerns about uh, now that he is back and doing some of the uh, early stage training work at Fifth Third Arena, whether he has any concerns about contracting something there. He says that's probably the, 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 the least fear that I have is, is catching something over there. When the Blackhawks posted a video of the guys going into Fifth Third on, on Wednesday, 
one of the one of the clips there showed somebody opening a door for one of the players, and it was a woman in a nurse's uniform. So, you know, they're going to all all the appropriate measures. And, and Alex DeBrinket, at least from that standpoint, was very complimentary of how the Blackhawks handled things to open things up. Now, was it a nurse or was it a hygiene officer? That's right. Because it could that's, be the hygiene officer. That's what we're learning that every team is being appointed. But, but that's the, that's the thing. The NHL has really just laid out everything. They have very detailed specific specific rules, specific protocols. I mean, taking your temperature the morning of practice before you enter and, you know, the countless amount of COVID tests that they're going to have to go through. Um, they're just making sure that that obviously they're being as safe as possible. But what we were talking about earlier with some of the states that have reopened and maybe if, if cases do go on the incline, I think hockey is trying to still play hockey even if that happens because the whole point of all this is to keep everybody secluded in their own societies, I guess, in terms of just being the team, the players, the coaches, so that it doesn't matter what the outside world is, what the numbers are in the outside world, as long as in their own little hockey bubble, they can still play games. And Bill Daly said a couple of weeks ago, and again, he's uh, uh, Gary Bettman's right-hand man in the NHL offices, that he is, for whatever reason, he didn't go into any detail, he's very confident if there was one positive case of a player on a team, it would not have a domino effect of spreading throughout. How he got to that conclusion, I'm not quite sure, but these are probably some of the questions that the guys are concerned about how, that, that need to be answered, how they will go about their business if there is that one positive test, or if there are five positive tests among you know, uh, five different teams, how, how they're going to proceed and uh, you know, not halt what started to be a good thing and, and have it come to a screeching halt. And, you know, there's also the question uh, a couple of the guys were asked, including uh, Stan Bowman as well, is he aware of any or heard of any reluctant players, not only on his team but throughout the league, who uh, are on among the 24 teams but due to all the great unknowns would refuse to play? They say they aren't aware of any right now, either on the Blackhawks or elsewhere around the NHL but are certainly opening themselves up to the possibility that they, they could have that opinion. So interesting stuff moving forward, and particularly interesting to hear Patrick Kane just kind of reserved and cautious about, uh, about uh, his excitement level uh, with the July 10th date start of training camp being announced on Thursday morning. On the other hand, you know, uh, part of the surprise with Patrick Kane is you know he's hungry and starving to return to the playoffs, uh, something that he is very familiar with. The two other members, players on that conference call, have not experienced playoff hockey. Alex Dabrinkit and Connor Murphy, this would be their first taste of playoff hockey, however you describe it. I'm not sure if you lose in the qualifying round whether you're a playoff team or not. I guess that, that doesn't follow under that definition. But nevertheless, they're excited about the prospect of returning and being in a win-at-all-cost situation uh, if and when the NHL does resume action. I've never been in the playoffs, so I'm really excited to get that chance and um, you know, hopefully win that play-in round and, and, and make the playoffs. So um, for me, that, that that's a lot of energy to, to get back and um, you know, come ready to play, I think. Um, you know, motivation for the playoffs, you don't really need to, to um, push too much on it. I think everyone's motivated to come back and, uh, you know, you know, battle for the Stanley Cup. So I think um, for me being my first time, it's it's pretty exciting time. Yeah, it's amazing. I think uh, it's not something I would have pictured uh, when you think about getting your first chance to play in the playoffs, uh, having potential no fans and everything but just the opportunity to do that uh at any stage in any setting i think is uh amazing just having a chance obviously uh um it being kind of a different format than anything we've seen but um just having any sort of opportunity to play in a playoff series a uh, chance to gain rounds and win the stanley cup is uh amazing and um i think it'll just be a lot of fun Connor and the cat there talking about the prospect of uh, playing those meaningful games, whether it's uh, in August or September or whatnot, and uh, having uh, yourself in a do-or-die situation against uh, one team that's mashed up. And I think that's 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 where people really start getting excited about it when you start talking about this matchup. And we'll hear Connor uh, go into that a little bit more deeply in, uh, in just a moment. But the mix that the Blackhawks have um, and and those hungry veterans who have experienced the top of the mountain, you know, from Kane and Taves and Keith and uh, uh, Crawford and, and Saad, 
and, and a couple of the other guys, uh, Brent Seabrook as well, though it doesn't appear as though Brent would be ready to play again. But having that nice mixture of, you know, some, some high caliber talent on the roster that is on the rise career wise and then mixing that up with uh, some grizzled veterans who know how to get it done. I think that's where really where the excitement comes up the 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 the, the prospect of, of the Blackhawks being one of those surprise teams. I don't care what the fans that disagree with the sentiment say that this is going to be a playoff series if we get to playing hockey. I don't care what the Boston Bruins, what the St. Louis Blues say. These players need to approach this as a playoff hockey game. And with the verbiage that Connor Murphy and Alex Dabrinkit have done, it seems like they've already gotten into that mentality. Listen, at the beginning of the season, you want to be one of the last 16 teams standing. This year it happens to be 24, for obvious crazy circumstances. The Blackhawks are one of those 24 teams. They're going to be playing a team in a series best of five. You never get to play a team three times in a row during the regular season, so there's no other way to to approach this other than take it as a playoff series. And a lot of the, or one of the common denominators of the many people that talked today in the Hawks organization was they like the roster's chances because you've got a lot of young guys with a lot of talent, with a lot of energy that have not played in the playoffs yet. And then with the older group, You've got guys that have won one, two, or maybe three Stanley Cups. They keep talking about their, that being the right recipe <laughs> for Hawks fans. You really hope so, and you can, you can kind of see what they're getting at. Obviously, no one knows what's going to happen. No one knows when or if we're going to play. They've got a plan in place to do so, but you got to like the Hawks' chances in just when you just dissect it that way. Yeah, and when you talk about their chances against this Edmonton team, it was one that was really starting to find its legs at the time of the pause uh, under veteran coach Dave Tippett and... Uh, uh, it's it's a Blackhawks team that must certainly be ready because this Edmonton team, if they're at full power, especially with the top two point getters in the NHL uh, in Leon Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid, uh, the Blackhawks in the three matchups damaged by Dreisaitl. Uh, they managed to keep Connor McDavid off the score sheet in two of the games. He missed the third, as we mentioned on our last podcast. But uh, Connor Murphy knows that uh, whenever this series if and when this series does happen, they'd better be ready for that uh, high-powered offense of Edmonton. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I think uh, that's a team that we've had some some great games against, and I think we were 2-1 and one against them this year. Um, and obviously just you know that they'll have a, a lot of eyes on them with a couple uh, star players that um, were up for talks as the best guys in the league this year. And uh, to, to be able to to play in that and just it'll be interesting just with the way that playoffs will, will go if we play in one of these hub cities where there won't be really a home ice advantage and having uh first round i think be less amount of games it's just so unique and uh it'll be it'll be cool to see uh kind of the different uh obstacles that it brings up for both teams and just us to get to play against them i think it will be a lot of fun and someone that we uh, haven't played as much as some of our divisional teams, so uh, it would be cool to see in a head-to-head matchup how things would turn out. Yeah, and uh, uh, Joe, when you and I were on uh, Nick DiGilio's show overnight, uh, Wednesday into Thursday, we talked a little bit more about this matchup, and um, I, one thing I didn't mention at the time was Edmonton's special teams. They are first in the power play, second in the penalty kill. That will certainly be a key in the series, but one thing I also brought up, Stan Bowman was asked during the course of his conference call about the injury situation. He says that Adam Boquist and Drake Kajula, who were injured shortly before the pause, uh, they were ready to go about a week or so later. So they should be good to go. Things are looking up with Calvin DeHaan. He had that shoulder surgery, be it on the same shoulder he had an operation on uh, about a year or so ago at this time, maybe maybe a little sooner than that, coming off a second consecutive shoulder surgery on the same side although it looks as though he could be ready to go if there's game action come August. Uh, a little less certain about um, a handful of the, the four other guys in, um, let's see, uh, Smith, or Zach Seabrook Smith, and Seabrook Shaw. and Shaw, three other guys. Uh, those those three appear to be uh, a little bit long longer term, if, if any possibility at all. But the fact that they could get Calvin DeHaan back with the way that Dave Tippett split up the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, if he's inclined to do the same thing here. Um, we like the way Adam Boquist was coming along with Duncan Keith. 
We uh, like the way Connor Murphy has played all season. To have a, a second pairing with Murphy and DeHaan is certainly enticing. It would be helpful in this particular matchup. And the way Olimata and, and Slater Cuckoo were playing towards uh, the end of that run with, with Lucas Carlson also showing something very impressive as another possibility. Uh, you need a strong blue line against this high-powered Edmonton office, especially if those two are split up. And uh, uh, the prospect of having Kelvin DeHaan thrown back into the mix uh, would certainly help the Blackhawks' cause and also help the cause against uh, the number 1 power play that was like at a 30% clip or so during the course of the season. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, if anything, you'd like to, to slow down the young talent that Edmonton has uh, I think Calvin DeHaan coming into this whole quarantine and then you know figuring out what hockey was going to do, we were kind of just optimistically cautious that we'd see Calvin DeHaan, and I I still think it's it's going to come down to how he looks on the ice uh, when they try him out during training camp and and everything like that. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a well. Let's see how we do in the first round, and then if if he's available after that, we'll see. Uh, you mentioned the power play. What what Edmonton's one in the power play, two in the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Hawks are ninth in the penalty kill, twenty eighth in the power play. So clearly, those are going to come down to be two huge aspects. Goaltending as well. When is it not in playoff hockey? Uh, you, you you know what Corey Crawford has done in the playoffs. The other ironic thing is Mike Smith is their goaltender who took down the Hawks in twenty twelve mm-hmm. in the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but the one thing that I I realized when listening to Mainly Jeremy Colleton talk, and I know we'll get into some of his bites later. But I think the biggest thing for any team out of the remaining 24 left is the way to approach this training camp. And I'm using air quotes. Whatever whatever team prepares the best, and I'm not saying prepares the most, but prepares the best. And Jeremy Colleton kind of got to it. You know, how do we prepare? How much do we practice? How much do we scout the other team? How much do we work on our own game? How much do we just make sure we're at the right physical ability of being on the ice? I mean, nobody knows. No one has experience doing this. Patrick Kane talked about how back in 2012 when he was playing, was it Switzerland? Mm -hmm. How difficult it was for the whole team to get back on their feet. And look at what the Hawks did for the first 24 or whatever games. I, I think Whatever teams prepare the best, and again, that doesn't mean the most because you don't want to overwork these guys. You don't want to make these guys overthink. There's a huge mental aspect uh, of being in self-isolation for months and then playing playoff hockey. Oh, by the way, in a weird environment you've never done before. <laughs> so it's it's going to come down to the teams that have prepared the best. And once everyone gets used to playing on the same page in empty arenas of playoff hockey then it, I think it will come down to talent. And again, that's why it could be very, very random. Hockey is already random on its own. Now you've got a best-of-five series in situations and environments that nobody is, has experience in doing so. And on top of that, uh, adding up on some, some loose ends here, it is believed that even if Chicago is a hub city, it'll be the Eastern Conference teams playing here, so there won't be any home arena advantage. A um, couple other things we've learned since our last podcast, there will be reseeding after every round. So if the Blackhawks do advance past the Edmonton Oilers, they will have the toughest route to get to continue playing in hopes of advancing each uh, round by round. And um, what was the other thing I was going to bring up? It slipped my mind right now. Maybe perhaps I'll come back to it. But uh, uh, nevertheless, oh, the other thing was going to be uh, in the best of five, term, things like last line changes, Edmonton as the higher seed would be the quote unquote home team for <laughs> home, one, two, and five, advantage. and the Blackhawks would uh, be the home team for games uh, three and four if it gets to four games. Uh, I'm not sure if they'd play Chelsea Dagger uh, after after. Uh, I was going to say, scored. still no word if Jim Cornelison will sing the <laughs> <Right>. national anthem. <laughs> exactly, but let's hear from Jeremy Carlson because we mentioned we are still about two months out. If everything should go as planned, training camps on July 10th. If they get through all the rubble that they must need to get through in order to get to that point, and probably a three-week training camp, so you know we're just a little bit short of two months still before we would see game action occur. And when Jeremy Carlton was asked about it during his webinar on Thursday afternoon, he says, "Yeah, two months out, but the preparation has already begun." Well, I think we'll we'll break it up um, for now. 
think the focus has been our own players and, and their development and how can we, how can we improve uh, within ourselves uh, watching video of our own game and and uh, that's how training camp will be too but as we get closer um, you know to, to that series we'll we'll, we'll dig deeper and, and make sure we've covered all the bases uh, and and part of it is deciding like the coaches that they're going to absorb every bit of information that, that we can, but then we have to filter it. And we only want to give the players the information they need um, so that they can play on instinct. And, and uh, obviously we're going to want to be as prepared as possible for the challenges that they'll bring. But uh, we also stay, need to stay true to our own identity and, and play on our toes and be aggressive. And um, that's part of our job is to, taking all the information, decide what's important, and then get it to the players as efficiently as we can. Yeah, and Jeremy admitted that, uh, yes, uh, the the entire coaching staff is, you know, already putting in some possibilities of things to run, what they do need to work on just by themselves, but also as that particular uh, matchup goes along. All the players have said, by and large, from, you know, when they've been able to reach out and communicate with each other, they have managed to stay in pretty good shape. Um, they haven't gotten off the rails too much with the help of of uh, Paul Goodman, the, the Blackhawks' uh, outstanding uh, head athletic trainer, and his staff, they, they've managed to find a way uh, even most of them without ice to, to stay in shape. And, and now it's a, a matter of uh, ramping up here with these smaller sessions um, that are going on over the course of the next three weeks and uh, three weeks to a month, and then hopefully opening training camp on July 10th. But uh, you can tell the wheels are already spinning in terms of this matchup and, and how they go about it because, you know, if they don't win this thing, it's it's all over with anyway. And uh, I, found, I found it fascinating that Jeremy says, they're already thinking about, um, even though it wasn't in that particular soundbite, he said they are already thinking about uh, ways to attack, ways to defend, and um, uh, looking even more closely at this matchup with the Oilers. Yeah, and again, getting back to some of the things I was saying before he played the cut, giving guys information, but not giving them too much information, giving them the right information. I mean, that's that's a very tough battle that a lot of sports have to deal with. Colleton also went on to say, I think the layoff benefits us. Again, with the older guys having experience, the younger guys eager to play playoff hockey for the first time. I thought it was really interesting how he talked about, you know, training camp being mundane. Not he didn't he said not boring, but just mundane. You're doing the same thing over and over again. And again, after this all ends, flip the switch and play playoff hockey, sudden death hockey, where you might have three games and then you go home for real. Urgency from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, that that's, again, I, I know we use unprecedented times and this is foreign to everybody, but I mean, it, it's so true because when, when the offseason hits on a typical season, players go on vacation for a few weeks, spend time with their family, then they start thinking about next year, they have access to gyms and ice rinks and, and the ability to, to stay fit and stay loose if they want to. And odds are 99% of them do that. When all this went down, a lot of people are not thinking about hockey. They're thinking about, you know, how do I get to my family as quickly mm-hmm. and as safely and as healthfully as I can? How do I stay that way and how do I make sure I don't spread this virus? I mean, it, it was so different for everybody aside from the fact that people just, or players didn't have, uh, a standard of places to work out and, and stay fit. And again, you go through all this layoff, you go through all this training camp, and then boom, the most important hockey of the season. Yeah, and Connor Murphy even said that we mentioned Paulie Goodman's name a little bit earlier. He mentioned, uh, yeah, you know, uh, either on FaceTime or whatever, Paul helped him set up his own personal <laughs> home gym in Columbus uh, because uh, that's his hometown. And, and uh, these guys trying to find ways, creative ways to stay in shape. And uh, Paulie Goodman giving them specific programs to work on in order to kind of keep that edge, even though I'm sure there there have been uh, tempting times for all these guys who are probably thinking, all right, this is never going to happen. Right? So far down the road, I'm not going to have to worry about it. But um, and and for those that did, of course, there's still time. Uh, there's still plenty of time to to get themselves back into shape. And professional athletes are are, are the best at doing that. But uh, I just found it found it fascinating that for the most part, during their communications, uh, in group texts or uh, group chats or groups, you know, zooms or whatever it is, the players uh, all seem to be on the same page and and sound like they uh, have been taking care of themselves. Here is uh, 
they work to get back on the ice here very shortly, if not already. Finally, the other um, topic that we mentioned at the outset of the uh, uh, this uh, Blackhawks Crazy podcast was this was the first time that uh, the Blackhawks had publicly addressed uh, the uh, moving away from John McDonough as the team president. Uh, I'm trying to remember when that was. I think it was April, uh, some point in April, probably working on almost a couple of months now. But uh, it, it was strictly a, a statement issued uh, by Rocky Wirtz at the time that uh, his son Danny would take over on an interim basis as the team president and kind of uh, look over things for the time being as the search goes on for a successor, whether it becomes Danny or someone from the outside in. But this is the first opportunity for both Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton, along with uh, a couple of the players as well who were asked about uh, the departure of John McDonough from the organization. We begin with the Senior Vice President and General Manager. Well, John was in a lot of ways a mentor for me. I learned so much from him over the years. Uh, he gave me the opportunity to take this role. So I think I'll always be appreciative of that. And uh, over the years, got a chance to work closely with him. And uh, he's a very bright guy. I learned so many things. And, uh, you know, he was a, a great uh, support for myself. And I think he did a lot of great things for the organization. So, uh, you know, I, I thank him from that perspective. Uh, similarly, I've had a chance, you know, I've known Danny Wirtz for <clears throat> a few years now, and I've had a chance over the last you know, six weeks to work closely with Danny, uh, Rocky as well. And uh, they've been fantastic to me too. So uh, I look at this for me as the opportunity to learn from Danny, uh, very bright guy, uh, very energetic. He's got a lot of ideas. Um, he's included me on a lot of things over the last few weeks and uh, looking forward to collaborating with him. So uh, I certainly enjoyed my time with John, um, and I'm ex- excited to, to get a chance to work with Danny and Rocky. And like I said, they're, they've been very successful uh, in all their businesses, and uh, it, it's a, you know, for me, it's an opportunity to continue to grow. With uh, the McDonough announcement, Rocky Wirtz said that it would take kind of a a new mentality to lead the Blackhawks forward. Is that applying to the hockey ops side at all? Has that affected sort of your um, planning moving forward or is that in in other realms of the organization? I think it's probably a holistic approach, uh, you know, without putting words in his mouth. I think we're we're trying to move forward in a positive direction, which can encompass a lot of different things. Uh, you know, right now, hockey-wise, we're right in the midst of the season and we're, we're preparing to restart and join the playoffs. So as far as, you know, reshaping the team, that probably would happen in the off season. And I think we'll have more discussions about uh, next year's team when we get to next year. But in the short term, uh, you know, the discussions I've had with Rocky and Danny have both been uh, very optimistic, very um, positive, looking forward to you know, to trying to innovate and, and change some things for the positive uh, on the business side as well as the hockey side. I think, you know, the discussions recently have been focused probably a little bit more on the business side. Um, but uh, once we get to the off season, I think we'll tackle the hockey part. But right now, it's nice to see our group starting to train. Got the news earlier today that we have a, a firm date now for training camp starting. So, uh, that's our focus right now is the preparation for the playoff. Uh, and when we get to the offseason, then we'll talk about, you know, what the future years look like. Obviously, I thanked him in person, but I'm grateful to John for, for his support. Um, I felt, um, you, know, you know, he was a big part of uh, me being here and, and uh, appreciate everything he did. He was great to work for. Uh, I've also got the opportunity to get to know Danny and obviously the Hortz family has been great to me. Uh, and my family since I've, I've been here and got to meet Danny a few times uh, throughout this past couple of years. I mean, obviously he's had a ton of success in the, in the business world and he's going to bring some new ideas and, and energy to the, the organization. And I've been a, you know, a part of, of some of that already, which has been uh, exciting and it gives you energy and uh, we, we've got to keep getting better. We have to improve and, and uh, you know, obviously it's, it's going to challenge us all. Um, but as far as the day to day, my job is to prepare the team. Uh, we're excited to have the chance to play against Edmonton, and uh, that's 
that's been the focus, uh, talking to the staff, talking to the players, watching video, you know, doing everything we can to prepare. So uh, that has, my job description hasn't changed how we're going about it, uh, what the goal is. We want to uh, get to the point where we're competing for Stanley Cup. So That's Jeremy Carlton. Uh, uh, after we heard from uh, Senior Vice President, and General Manager Stan Bowman. And Patrick Kane was also very eloquent in, in what he had to say as well. To, to paraphrase, um, he said he has a, a tremendous amount of uh, respect for John. Um, he even admitted uh, what I think everybody knows is that during the course of Patrick's time here, he's had to have some tough conversations or one-way conversations perhaps with, with John based on some things that Patrick ha- has been involved with. And what he pointed out was some conversations may have been tough along the way, but his John's main focus was to make sure that you become a better person, um, you make yourself better, and as a part of it, you make the team and the franchise better. And he was very, uh, very grateful and very thoughtful for uh, the time that he had, and and very respectful of uh, of the jo- a job that that John did during his time here, which uh, uh, I think. Uh, shouldn't go shouldn't go unsaid once again and here here's what I, I was asked by Mark Carmen on Sports Central the other night Chris who's going to be the next John McDonough and what I told him is is that I don't think as much of a important decision that is I don't think it's on the front burner right now uh, now that we know a season you know can and hopefully will resume I think everyone's energies are towards that that's not to say that possibilities aren't being bandied about, whether it's people inside the organization, people outside the organization who may be available right now that they might be interested in, or uh, perhaps someone in one of these other 24 teams that they may be interested in talking to, in which case they cannot get a full answer or a clear determination until these playoffs are over or until those respective teams are eliminated. So I think there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of stuff uh, and possibilities that are on the table when it comes to upper management structure here. But for the here and now, there's hockey to focus on. And and, and while it is probably part of some discussions over there, um, I, I'm of the belief that it's it's uh, there's not going to be anything imminent happening as far as that cons- that's concerned because there's a st- season that still needs to be finished here. And I think that's a very fair answer. Um, and, and heck, the thanks to Curtis Koch who brought it up how the John McDonough firing came April 27th. I mean, when did the news come out for the NHL resumption? The middle of May, right? So that kind of snuck up on everyone too. Um, and. What kind of route are they going to take? Is this going to be a somebody with a strictly hockey background that would replace that role if they decide to replace that role? Because John McDonough was, you know, run, not running the Cubs. He was working for the Cubs for, what, 20-some years before coming over to the Hawks? So, I mean, yeah, there's a, a lot of questions asked. Like you said, the possibilities are kind of endless. Uh, going back to what Patrick Kane said about him, I really enjoyed Patrick Kane's honesty. And I, I, I use that word because... You know, you can tell people are honest when they bring up some very, I don't want to use the word... uh, Uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, thank you, thank (laughs) you. Uh, Bring up those stages of their lives um, and and revisit them. And when Patrick Kane had those uncomfortable press conferences, John McDonough was sitting right next to him. And um, I can see John McDonough being a tough love kind of guy that just basically shoves constructive criticism in your face because you are representing the organization. John McDonough wants a fantastic image of this organization. And boy, did he do a great job of that his whole time here. So I really liked how candid Patrick Kane was about that. You can see how he's matured, at least in these press conferences. Boy, does he seem like he knows the right thing to say and how to go about it. And you definitely feel like John McDonough had a piece of that. And it's it's everybody who was asked about it, Stan Bowman, Jeremy Carlton, Patrick Kane, a big reason of why they are with the Blackhawks is because of John McDonough. Yeah, and so, again, many questions to be answered from that standpoint of, of the Blackhawks organization. And I still think it's, it's going to be uh, quite some time because there is still... Uh, still many unknowns uh, as far as that. We, we talk about the unknowns in trying to get back into playing action. There's you know unknowns 
for the Blackhawks uh, organizational structure that they have to be answered. And, and again, while I think that's part of the discussion uh, in the offices at 1901 Madison, uh, right now, I, I, again, I, I don't think anything is, is going to be imminent. One other thing is, as we kind of wind down here, uh, another part of, of the uh, of the webinars with the three players and as well as um, Stan and Jeremy was a discussion of uh, racial injustices, and I thought there were some very eloquent things said there from everybody um, because um, that's probably part of a, a story that's going to be coming out among some of the writers about how these players have reacted to what's been going on in the world over the course of the last couple of weeks on top of coronavirus. And uh, I, I thought there were some really heartfelt and um, positive things that uh, every all, all five people on that conference call had to say, saying the right things and, and talking about how um, they may not uh, be privy to experience what others um, go through during stages of their lives, but acknowledging it now and uh, having right now in front of them in such a greater sense of what happened a, a couple of weeks ago with George Floyd and some of the, you know, uh, resulting situations, how, how they have decided and, and aren't afraid to step forward and saying, it's really time to fix this right now. And uh, lending their voice, putting their name, putting their stamp on trying to write something that, that's been wrong for so long. I think Stan Bowman said a lot of things that a lot of people are feeling right now, and people that haven't spoken before are now coming out and saying how you know people see this world in a different way. It's just a time to sit back and listen to other people. Um, I like what Stan Bowman had to say about being optimistic, how he can see the tragedy of George Floyd's death turning into something that can change this world for the better and change the way people think about other people for the better. Patrick Kane is, you know, taking matters into his own hands, donating to some great causes and, and doing that research on his own, not, you know, being... You know, okay, so on his own, basically approaching it all individually. And the thing about Jeremy Colleton, I mean, he's clearly not an alien, but he is somewhat of an outsider saying as a Canadian, you know, we're talking about American culture and, you know, the problem of racism in America. And this is a guy that is not originally from this country seeing it. So, you know, what position is he in to talk about it? But he said, you know, my daughter's an American, and we plan on living here for a while. So, yeah, we want to make sure that the country we live in is shared with equality for everybody. Um, and, you know, I never really thought about that approach, because somebody who lives here and works here but isn't really from here, it's really easy for a guy like him to just take a step back and say, hey, I, I am not involved in this or anything like that, but but he sees the bigger picture with this as well. Yeah, and, and he even borrowed a little bit of coach speak from someone who yeah. gave him uh, uh, a, a phrase, and, and I'm paraphrasing it here, but uh, he was told by somebody uh, there's uh, a lot of talent in the United States of America, they just haven't been coached up very well. And I thought that was that was kind of a, a profound thing on, on uh, what's going on in society or what has happened in society and how uh, I think all of us are being coached up and, and, and being a little bit more wise to things that we either may have chosen not to dive deeper into when we should have, and, and now it's in this video age and in this social media age, it's right there in our faces to see up front and, and close and, and turning a little bit personal for everybody. The other thing Jeremy Colleton said, and I still think he is such an intellectual guy, he said, these tragedies cause you to question your beliefs. And I think that's that's a great phrase to move forward with this. So as we wrap up here, uh, we've gone long, so uh, we can't break down uh, Mante Halupa, uh, who is the uh, latest European signee for Stan Bowman. But uh, he was asked about that during during the webinar. But uh, uh, they hope he's the next uh, Dominic Kubalik. I don't think uh, he's that quite high end. But that was another recent signing um, by the Blackhawks. Also want to bring up that Corey Crawford is the Blackhawks nominee for the Masterson Trophy. 
uh, for um, uh, each player on each team or a player on each team is uh, designated for the Masterson Trophy as a, a nominee. And with what Corey Crawford has been able to overcome the two previous seasons and coming back and having the season that he had this year, uh, a very worthy nominee as well. And uh, as we wrap up here, uh, one guy who occasionally helps us out as a producer on Blackhawks hockey is uh, Sammy Martino, and he is a producer behind the scenes here, also does some sales work. He was involved in a very frightening accident a couple of uh, weeks ago, maybe about a, even a, about a week or so ago, I believe. Stunned all of us uh, and uh, spent some time in the hospital, and thankfully he has been released fairly quickly. Going to have to take some time to recover. We want to give a uh, shout-out to... Uh, uh, Sammy, who a uh, very energetic guy around here behind the scenes, and we hope to uh, feel his energy here again sometime soon. Such a contagious guy uh, in terms, in, the, in a good way. You know, smiles and laughter and just positive energy. If there's if there's anybody that can still be positive after such a frightening car accident, it's it's a guy like him. Yeah, our best wishes to Sammy. If he's listening, I know why he'd want to listen to this show, but <laughs> if he is listening, uh, this we've been reaching out to him as well and uh, hoping for a, a, a full and quick recovery and uh, because, uh, hey, there's so much to do out, here, out in the world right now. It's gradually opening up and hopefully it'll keep opening up. But uh, we want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Thanks to Curtis Koch for chopping up all that tape. There was so much more we probably could have run and we could have been yammering on and on in a two and three hour edition. We kind of uh, funneled it down to that. So thanks to Curtis Koch. Thanks to Ernie Scatton as well. And again, thanks to you for listening as well as to our presenting sponsor, Fan List. And uh, hopefully we'll have another one coming up here sometime soon at the very least. We hope uh, uh, there is a start to training camp. Maybe the next one we give you is July 10th on the first day of training camp. Yeah, hopefully uh, Patrick Kane doesn't tell us all to calm down (laughs) after we get that date. Pumping the tires, (laughs) deflating them. So uh, uh, if if there's more news that breaks or more availability from some of the players in the meantime, uh, we'll be happy to jump on and do another Blackhawks Crazy podcast. We'll keep you posted. You can follow Joe at on Twitter at, at Joe underscore brand one, the number one, at Joe underscore brand one. I'm at Bowden Tweets. And as always, uh, WGNRadio.com is where you can get the Blackhawks Crazy podcast. We encourage you to subscribe on iTunes as well. If you do that, uh, the podcast, the new ones will pop up ready for you to listen uh, when they are ready for you. The man who makes it ready, Curtis Koch, telling us to wrap up here, so we will do that. Hope everyone's well. Stay healthy, stay smart, and we'll talk to you on our next edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast, presented by FanList. How about that? The Hawks win the Stanley Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter, at Bowden Tweets, and at Joe underscore brand one. That was great!